Welcome back, booze. Hi, booze. Welcome back. We are here with episode 34. Today's theme is, I guess, like haunted cabins, woodsy type of things, staying somewhere. And what's what's the name? The title of this episode, I am not sure. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out maybe figure it out on the way we go because i don't really know what to call this episode so you'll be with us booze when you find out what it's called all right so let's get into it uh nana you're up with the research topic yes oh wait we didn't we didn't introduce ourselves i'm gabriella aka nana i'm cindy i'm andrea and we are haunted Haunted hermanas Hermanas. so i'm doing the research clearly and goes like this so today i'm going to discuss a famous cabin located in south carolina um it's at the base of sassafras mountain i like that sassafras <laughs> it's it sounds like sassanac from- i know that's why <laughs> from uh outlander <laughs> yes okay. oh my god the theme song Ugh. okay it's sorry y'all. A song song of a lost that is gone. Okay, sorry. That's why I, I wasn't in choir. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, so yes, um, it's located in South Carolina at the base of Sassafras Mountain, and it's said to be situated in the highest point of the state. Uh, the Shamrock House is listed as one of the places to stay on the South Carolina Heritage Trail, or as some will say, Land of Waterfalls. The property's land is 10 acres of both woods and meadows. The north border is Rocky Mountain Creek, which is stocked, which is stocked with trout by the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. So you can imagine the great fishing spots. <clears throat> and then the west border is the Jocase George's Heritage Preserve. What's great is that you can book this beauty and all its land for you and your loved ones to stay at. Famous booking sites such as Airbnb, Vibro, Expedia all offer nightly rates, but you can also reserve directly through the cabin's website. The property has a history of hosting several guests, including President Lyndon Johnson, who stayed in the main cabin in the 1960s. The property has also uh, been used as the backdrop of two movies, The Long Journey Home, a Bigfoot movie, and the other one will come and play later. So, not only can you and your loved ones sleep at a famous cabin, but it may also be rented for weddings, special events, retreats, and many more things, of course. Uh, there is hiking, fishing, barbecuing, and drumroll, please, ghost. Let's get into some spookiness. <clears throat> so, uh, the Shamrock House was built in 1925 and is believed to have been the first home in the area to have electricity. It was built originally as a family compound. There are three dwellings found on the present property, but the main cabin is what is said to be haunted. The legends surrounding the hauntings begin with a party that took place in 1927. A young teen and her two friends were supposedly hired as prostitutes for the men attending the party. But one who was named Nancy said, fuck this, after arriving and having second thoughts about it all. She went upstairs and locked herself in one of her bedrooms. Uh, Nancy was a Christian girl, and although she wanted to have some fun with her girlfriends, she, didn't, she did not want to like stoop low as to still her own body, you know? 
you know, because she uh, missed all independent and she doesn't need to be a so na- nasty cochina, you know. She was the town's preacher's um, daughter after all. So the party went on while Nancy was hiding away in the upstairs bedroom. But then she got word that her father had found out she had been hired as the evening entertainment. Now, remember, he ha- he was a hardcore like preacher, but also a dad who carried a gun. Legend has it that Nancy apparently became overwhelmed when she learned he was on his way to the house and she would have to face him and own up to her sins. So this poor girl freaked out and saw the only way out of the situation was to take an overdose of Ladunum. Please excuse me for my mispronunciation. We don't know what happened once her father arrived, but I'm pretty sure her father must have, like, used his gun on someone once he saw, like, his daughter complete suicide. Uh, I can only imagine, you know, a dad walking in and finding his dead daughter, so. This occurred on Friday, the 13th of May, 1927. Nancy now haunts the cabin 90 years later. The weeping sound of Nancy, the ghost, is claimed to be heard by both guests and staff. And they say that she's friendly, just stuck stuck in a bad state. One guest even stated he heard footsteps coming behind him, but when he turned around, no one was there. Um, there's unexplainable cold spots, of course, even in the summer. Someone even also stated that it was hot. It was a hot Carolina summer, but no matter what, she would always get the chills when entering upstairs. Lights would also turn on and off with no help from humans, and doors have been known to open or close all on their own. Yeah, so the Shamrock House was also used as the filming location for the low-budget erotic spoof film, The Hills Have Thighs. So if you dare to spend the night, y'all, grab your fishing rod (laughs) and a Ouija board and see if Nancy has something to say. Not The Hills Have Thighs. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Lord. So I'm assuming you can find that on, like, Pornhub or whatever. That's hilarious. Um. So let's go. Shamrock House next St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Say less. I'm getting my bags ready. Here I am wanting to, uh, you know, go to Ireland, spooky Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. But yeah, we might have to just visit Shamrock House. Can we acknowledge that the dad must have been, like, toxic for the girl to rather kill herself than deal with him? Like, it's it's very sad that that was her conclusion to end her life. Yeah, like, you have, mm-hmm. you have no, no other option, option but to end your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so sad. It also kind of makes me like annoyed or upset for this girl because he's supposed to be like, like not supposed to be, but like he's looked at as a, um, what's the word representative, I guess of God, you know, being who he is. And then, uh, he must've actually like been abusive and like I said earlier, toxic because, uh, that's what she did and i'm just it makes me like almost angry and it feels like hypocritical it's ironic that him. he's a preacher yes and ironic. you know like he 
really scared his <laughs> daughter to the fact that she felt like she had to take her own life. So there's a lot of scary people out there that hide behind the Bible and say they're Christian, but they don't act Christian. But anyway, all right. Well, thanks, sissy. Yes, no problem. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get right into my story now. So the title of my story is called Florida Summer Camp Has So Many Shadow People. What are these things and why are they all here? So I just spent the summer out in the middle of nowhere in Florida, USA, working at a summer sleepaway camp. This camp owns over 100 acres of pure forest and before it was a camp, it was an airbase. So for quite a few years now, maybe much longer, but I'm only going to discuss stories I've received right from the source. Counselors and campers alike have been having weird experiences out there with quote-unquote tall shadow people. And normally there's a lot of fun storytelling at camps, but there is an eerie amount of correlation between some of these stories I've heard about the specific thing. And some of these people who have had these experiences don't know the stories from the others like new campers having the same experiences as counselors from years ago. They all describe the same thing. Tall, thin, shadowy figures of men, sometimes one, sometimes multiple. Their heads are apparently quite a bit taller than the top bunks in the cabins, which is, at, which is a good eight feet at least. Campers have described them as having to duck to get through the doorway. Twice in the past couple of years, an entire cabin has seen these things. Usually, the counselors would think the kids were trying to mess with them, but because of the sheer amount of these similar reported experiences from campers, it's being taken more seriously. I feel like something weird is going on, especially when multiple 13-year-old boys are crying because they're so freaked out. On one of these occasions, the campers said they saw shadow figures come into the cabin and pushed their bunks around. The next morning, marks were left on the floor where the bunks had been moved. On a different occasion, only one figure came in and just stood facing the corner and the entire cabin witnessed this. On multiple occasions, only one camper has seen this figure and has only stared at them from the middle of the room. What on earth is going on out there? What is this thing? I myself have not had any strange experiences all summer except for one. I was in the cabin on the counselor's side about to take a nap, but was not asleep yet, just recently laid down. I was on my side facing the wall. There was nobody else in the cabin. Twice within the 45 minutes I was there, something sat on the bed behind me, so the cheap mattress sagged like it would if a person sat down and I rolled a little. Of course, when I turn around, Nothing's there. I'm not sure if that's related to the shadow figure stories, though. Okay, so I feel like there's kind of like a theme going on recently when we've been talking. Like the part where there was a shadow figure like standing and facing the corner. And then another time there was one just in the middle of the room. Like it's giving me, um, what's the movie called? We literally just talked about another episode. Blair Witch Project. There's it's a trend. So much we don't know about this uh, underworld life, honestly. I told you how uh, Nana and I saw a shadow figure, right? Yes. While driving. 
No. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, near um Alexa and Jamar's old place. And it was really fast. Yeah, I kind of remember. I have uh yeah, we I think I've seen one or or two and they're like really fast. And I think like you know how they say shadow figures are bad and whatever, but I feel like it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe there's like different tiers. I feel like I remember you telling me you saw like a small troll looking thing, but I don't know. I could be wrong because it kind of reminds me of like another story we shared. Yeah. Like I really remember that one and I really feel like I saw another one another time, but I don't remember it. Um, And I feel like we, I mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes, but um, okay. So me and Nana were driving from Alexa's place in Germantown um, and we were making a right onto like Father Hurley, and then we were passing um, these storage units. And I saw, I swear, like like something like peek around the corner and then move really fast, like like a person, like a person in a shadow form, and it was not human. And it went like really fast. It was what? Well, this is what's fucking weird and um, really sad. There was a kid that was kidnapped and uh, murdered, I think, what? by his dad or something. And um, they found his body in that storage unit. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around around that time. And I'm like, oh, is that him? I'm so sad. So you saw the shadow thing around the time the little boy was found. Yeah, but... um, That's terrible. Yeah, it sucks. Okay, like really quick, I wanted to go back to the campfire shared about the Florida cabin. So someone had said, um, someone commented on the thread. They said, yeah, as a witch, it sounds like someone definitely opened a gateway in that specific area. And given that it's a summer camp, someone probably just wanted to use some magic and see what happens. They felt safer using magic away from home. If you want to close it maybe try finding whatever they used if they didn't use anything physical then uh have fun shadow people make good company LOL. that is hilarious and she's so smart i think i i mean that makes sense you know kids want when they're away from you know their house or they're hanging out with their friends they want a little bit of an adventure and they start dipping into these you know unworldly things that they shouldn't be um but that makes sense. So hopefully someone's able to close it. Also, there was another post um, on the same thread where apparently before it was an airbase, it was native territory. So obviously that can have a lot to do with act- activity going uh, on. Hello. <laughs> have we not learned from that? <laughs> Let's not do that. That was a good one, Andrea. Thank you. Babe. Do you remember um, when me and you were driving from Alex and Jamar's house, the apartment in Germantown, and we saw a shadow figure like run really fast? Was that me? And yeah, in the storage unit. I'm not sure if you saw it, but like I was like, oh my god! Like I remember that a little bit. I know. I remember that. But wait, their their first apartment. Uh, no, the apartment where like Nasser lived in Germantown, like yeah. on on yeah near the old house. Father, I Hurley. swear that area is haunted. Probably, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I had like a strong feeling that place. There's something about it. I don't know why actually. 
Um, but uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but that is actually the location where um, this little boy was found. Um, he was like kidnapped, and then like his dad. Didn't I think they his dump? Dad didn't his dad him. dump his body on Clarksburg it, next to that gas station? No, it was oh, in yes. that. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It different. was dumped there. No, it was yes. dumped there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, the boy you was caught on camera of the storage unit with his dad when the when the police went i'm sorry his body was not found there it was found where she said but before but before he was killed um the uh the storage uh facility would you know had him on a camera with his dad at the storage facility so i was like oh i don't know if it's related to the shadow figure that i saw but yeah i thought cindy you were talking about boy like i remember hearing about the boy being a boy being found in the woods so that's what it reminded me you know that gas station under i'm talking well you probably don't but i know which if i showed it to you you would know which one it is it's right next to like this old bank called damascus bank where that used to be called i know what you're talking about really close to the high school oh my god i remember when it was blocked off and everything it's so fucking sad i got the dad was just literally driving around and around and just decides like okay this is like a wooded area dump him but it's the way where he dumped it is like right next to where truck drivers and like the gas station like it's not a place Ugh, i can't i can't i hate this evil in the world okay so i went into detective mode not really i just kind of googled but i found an article of the boy being found in the woods so this is from uh, what NBC News, and it's from October 18th, 2011. Maryland police found remains on Tuesday that they believe are a missing boy whose mother was discovered beaten and stabbed to death last week. And the child's stepfather is the primary suspect in his death, authorities said. Investigators discovered the remains of a young African-American child Tuesday morning in a wooded area of Clarksburg in Montgomery County after a search that spanned about 30,000 acres in multiple days. A police chief said officers believe it is the body of an 11-year-old boy who had not been seen for more than two weeks. Clothing on his body appears to match what he was wearing on October 1st, the last morning police have evidence of him alive. Authorities began searching for this boy after his mother, 51-year-old, was found dead last Wednesday in the bedroom of her condominium in Germantown, about 30 miles northwest of Washington. Her estranged husband, 45 years old, was arrested the following morning at an Econa Lodge in Charlotte, North Carolina, on a warrant charging him with first-degree murder in her death. Uh, The husband is the main suspect in the son's death, but authorities must first conclusively determine the child's identity before charging him with the child's murder. Uh, Obviously, this was before everybody found out what went on. No motive was immediately apparent, though the deceased mother's former boyfriend said she had recently expressed concerns about her safety and had been fighting with the ex-husband, who is also an ex-con. It was also not immediately clear if the ex-husband has an attorney. 
A search warrant drawn up by the Charlotte police say officers found a box cutter knife and nine $100 bills in his motel room, along with the deceased mother's cell phone and assorted clothing. Police also found 18 copies of a marriage certificate inside his car, which was parked in the Econa Lodge parking lot. The car was involved in an accident in Charlotte one night before the boys, or no, the mother's body was found, according to the search warrant. The driver of the car was a woman who police say was found with the ex-husband at the motel. The woman, identified as a 24-year-old, told police she was driving her boyfriend's mother's car and that the mother's name was the deceased wife's name. The boy found was a sixth grader who friends say had a cheerful personality and loved sports, animals, and video games. One friend said he befriended the deceased boy after their mothers became friendly. Oh, He said the young boy looked up to him like an older brother and that he had hoped he would be found in a special hiding place, he said. In Montgomery County, the police chief said the boy's body is believed to have been at that location in the wooden area since October 1st. Security video shows the ex-husband and the boy going in and out of a Germantown storage facility two times that morning. And the boy's clothing from that day matches what was found on Tuesday. Police were still investigating where the boy was killed. The ex-husband had served more than a dozen years in prison in Pennsylvania before being paroled in 2000. The deceased wife stayed married to him during that time, and the ex-husband had in recent years tried to be a factor in the young boy's life, even requesting that he be called dad, says the deceased wife's former boyfriend. But he said the deceased wife had resisted any effort to get close to the ex-husband and had devoted herself to her son. The ex-boyfriend of the deceased wife told him several weeks ago that she feared for her safety and was concerned the ex-husband, who police say had been loitering, had been seen loitering around the condominium in recent weeks and moving boxes from inside her car, from inside her home to her car, might harm her. He said Tuesday he had assumed the boy would not be found alive. <sighs> that is so sad. Yeah, so that was around the, the time um, Gabriella and I left Alexa and Jamar's house, and I was making a right onto Father Hurley, and it was exactly what I described. And then later, I found out about everything, and that's when I was like, I wonder if, I don't know if it could be his energy, you know, or something different. But yeah, I was really sad. So, Gabriella, you you don't remember seeing it? I feel like you did too. No, I I do remember. <laughs> like now that it's been so long, Cindy. Like you know when you I forget, know. like something spooky, and then like it gets brought back up, and like you haven't like talked about it, or remember anything about I it. Really? Yeah. It's like coming back to you a little bit. Yeah, you and, and I like, never right really now. like talked about. I remember us screaming, <laughs> <laughs> but we never like talked about it oh my god i kind of were we in the jeep yes oh. we were in the yeah. jeep exactly yeah. yes we were in the black jeep yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, i remember that i was driving there. i was driving and we made i right. do remember that road and it was that road is really dark too oh mm-hmm. we're getting heebie-jeebies now and literally like okay so maybe 
a block away from there is Mother Seton, where the priest was murdered. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yes. So how do you guys not know this? I didn't know that. What? Okay. So when I was in middle school. That's um, why we were just toddlers. It's like, uh, like, it's not like a bunch of murders happened in Germantown. Well, maybe now, but, (laughs) but like, I mean, it was a big thing. Um, so the, uh, the priest, like the main priest from Mother Seton, um, at the time, it was like, I think 2000, 99 or 2000, 2001, whatever. Um, he, you know, was living on, uh, the house next to the church. The house on the property, exactly. And he had just had dinner with, uh, you know, some churchgoers. <laughs> and um, there, he, you know, he was at his house and someone broke into the house and killed him and stabbed him to death. No. Oh. Yeah, this was Wait. Like, German you know how program. where Mother Seton is and you know yes. where like the corner of Father Hurley. It's like, right. <laughs> it's, yeah, craziness, right? The next day. Um, when I was in school, because there's a, oh, there's a whole rack of Catholics. Everyone, everyone in Germantown, I swear, is like, yeah, my church is mother's. Like everyone, I I know, Seneca, (laughs) Clarksburg, Watkins Hill, and that's just popular Catholic church. Listen to elementary or middle school. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then it was like on the news and blah blah. Anyway. Okay, so I did some more investigative work and aka Google, and I found an article about this. So this is from the Frederick News Post, and it was posted June 9th, 2000. Let's see. Priest found beaten to death. Thomas Wells, oh wait, wait, Monsignor Thomas Wells. Yes, Monsignor Wells. That was, that was, yeah, Mm mm-hmm pastor of Mother Seton Parish was murdered in a quote-unquote violent altercation before his body was discovered early Thursday morning, an entire community devastated. Montgomery County Police investigators combed the rectory where Monsignor Wells' body, beaten body, was found for any clue that would lead to the assailant or assailants. After several dogs searched a large area surrounding the church at Farley Hurley Boulevard and Middlebrook Road, uh, police said that there was evidence that the violent confrontation between the 56-year-old victim and suspect or suspects may have left the assailants injured or at least with bloody clothing. So police had asked the public to report anything suspicious between 10 p.m. Wednesday when Wells's Wells was last in touch with anyone at 8 a.m. when his body was discovered. Police say they cannot say whether any weapon was found at the scene or if Monsignor's last contact with anyone was by phone or in person. Police indicated that the exact cause of death will be known after an autopsy by the state medical examiner today. When a church staff member went into the rectory and got no response after she called to the pastor, she went upstairs and found his body in the bedroom area of the rectory. There was a quick and stunned reaction from colleagues and parishioners who expressed their sense of loss and spoke of Wells' amazing sermons, sense of humor and strictness, and ability to get his point across to children who laughed at sermons they could understand. His par- parishioners and colleagues were at a loss to fathom why anyone would want to harm a priest who often invited parishioners into his kitchen to counsel them and always had a smile for them. 
Although Wells had only been at Mother's Seat Inn since January 1999, one member said he's changed quite a few of our lives more than anybody. Uh, someone else was quoted, he was a wonderful person that could change anybody's life. Um, it, the rest of the article really just goes on to kind of like speak of how great this man was and um, how he was thought of highly in the community and, and especially in the church community and that they just can't really imagine who or why someone would do this. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I remember it, it was like, I guess Friday, whatever, or th- I mean, might've been Thursday. I don't know. Um, but they did a whole like, everyone whatever like an announcement from like the office in the middle school talking about it just because like everyone was shocked i'm just it just makes me think like like how does someone think oh let me just bring it to the priest's house and try to rob them and then end up murdering the priest like that's kind of like next level horrifying to me and of course like all murder is horrifying but something about killing someone who's looked at as like a religious person or leader is just like very crazy to me especially because i and we all are religious so oh it's some evil evil right next to the churches yeah Yeah. the main church oh my god that place is haunted i bet guarantee you guys know like the little white house that's next to the church yes cindy yes Mm -hmm. there yeah i kind of want to walk around there and just we should just go investigate father holy boulevard we should do you know germantown was just named um the number one city in the country uh that is what is it what's that most diverse diverse yes number one diverse city in the country yeah i know i believe that me too local local proud i just want to say to our booze if anyone's from moco or have family members from moco when i mean by moco i mean montgomery county maryland please leave a comment on our next episode this episode post on instagram please actually you know what i have an assignment for the booth something even better if you remember this comment on instagram and let us know where were you when this unfolded were you in class like cindy in middle school or high school were you just in elementary school were you just a toddler like andrea and i let us know where were you this it's funny because like this episode's supposed to be on like uh cabins or whatever you know like haunted location and just ended up being about Father Hurley Boulevard in Germantown. <laughs> That's a, that should be our title. <laughs> episode title. <laughs> I can't. There you I go. We found our title. There we go. <laughs> I wonder, like, oh, if we look up, like, Haunted Moco, I'm pretty sure there's a building in Germantown, like an old farmhouse or whatever that's haunted. The Cider Barrel in Germantown is probably on that list. <laughs> that shit's yeah. old as hell. I love it. Best cider ever. Best cider. Yeah, but people keep, like, getting their, because sh- that's a school bus stop, too, so all these kids are getting their Sharpie markers and, like, spray painting that shit. It's so sad. I'm happy they kept it, though. Wait, real quick, because I'm really trying to find Haunted Germantown. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I know there's... I. Okay, so here's a post about um, ghost, uh, ghost sightings in Germantown, Maryland. 
When I was in third grade, I was playing outside with my friend Perry when I saw an apparition standing by a car. I got close and waved. I was so scared. Anyway, it disappeared. We live in the heart of old Germantown. We live by the old train station and by my old house from the 1930s. The ghost I saw was a teen boy. His skin was burnt. Later, I put it all together. I realized he must be a ghost of a fire. Because in 1931, I read in the archives a house burnt down that's right next to mine. Woo! I think I've heard of that. I like how she said, I was so scared, but went up closer to the to the apparition and waved to say hi. I know. Why, why are you saying hi then? And then someone commented and was like, I lived in my house in Germantown, Maryland for a little over 10 years and had a few strange experiences in that house. As far as I know, the house only had one other owner before us, a young couple with two little kids. House was about seven years old when we moved in. Um, you know, when they say um, historic Germantown, you know where what they're referring to, right? No. No. Okay. <laughs> you know Clopper Road? No, is it Clopper? Ah, oh, I feel like it's blocked off now, but like... You're talking about where the like those are the farmlands are, right? Yes, like, yes. But the like plex? it was, it was one before the soccer plex. It was one road, yeah. and it was kind of like you know windy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we would go and over exactly it. You could feel your heart, whatever. Um, that that is all historic. And there's like a there was a vet office. Fuck that vet office. They killed my cat. But anyway, um, yeah, that's where. I think they're talking about, and it was the old train station in Germantown. But going back to our regular, regular schedule program, um, I'm going to go ahead and read now our listener story. Um, and this was sent to us last year uh, from Steve Sweeney. The subject line is story for your podcast. Hi, ladies. Here's a story that might be a fit for your podcast. This was around 20 years ago now. I was staying for a few nights on a remote property a couple of hours west of Sydney, and that's what's in what's called the Blue Mountains. It was an old property which was part of the original crossing of the Blue Mountains called Lawson's Long Alley, which was constructed in 1824. Damn, that's old. Woo, 1824. I know this is going to be good. This route was a key route across the Blue Mountains, and hence, one can imagine there were many encounters between the local indigenous people and the settlers who did not turn out well for the indigenous folk. Situated beside this 180-year-old dirt road slash track on the property was a rustic old hut, which was just a small step up from camping. But I loved staying there. It was peaceful and quiet with no other people for nearly a kilometer in all directions. When the owners were away. This was my go-to place when I needed to rest and recharge. On my third night of staring into the fire, I was in a calm, meditative, peaceful place, just sitting, looking at the fire, being quiet and internal. At first, I felt rather than saw a disturbing movement come out of the shadows of the bush surrounding the dirt road about 50 meters away. When I looked up, I saw two rough-looking men wearing clothes that were at least 150, year, 150 years out of date walking along the track towards me. What, dude? I'd be fucking freaking out. They looked like ruffians with ill intent towards anyone that came across, and they were not in physical form. 
walking towards me, talking to each other, seemingly unaware of me. Suddenly, one of them became aware that I could see them and he was not happy that I could. About 15 years previously, I had spent much time practicing spiritual methods for opening the third eye. Due to these practices, I occasionally saw things that were not on this level of physical reality. Even though I had ceased these practices, there were times I still and still are when my clairvoyance kicks in and I perceive things with no warning. This was one of those times. So I'm sitting by the campfire. These two ruffians see me and make their way towards me. I stand up just as I would if the two men physically threatened me. The shorter one rushes towards me, not having dealt with the situation before. I had no idea what to do. He dives into me and through me. Oh, my God. <clears throat> it felt like this gust of bad energy had moved through me from front to back. It felt yuck. It was an aggressive act. I felt so attacked and violated. I was furious. Suddenly, I knew I had to muster all of my focus and energy into a single great burst and push them away generating as much energy and force in my belly and heart as I could muster. I yelled at the top of my voice, fuck off, get away from me. They both continued on their walk up the road, laughing. I like how he used the term ruffians. It's so proper. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reasons why I'm scared of uh, getting into meditation is because one of the ghost shows that I watch like a haunting was about a lady who started meditating and then she started uh, being haunted after that. Like she got into a state like so relaxed and no sé qué that something was able to come in into her life. And like, so like one time she was meditating and like on her sofa and no sé qué, very relaxed, blah, blah. And then like she saw a demon. And ever since then, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, ever since then um, she was haunted. So I think, I believe in that. Like, I feel like you can emotionally, physically, you know, whatever. I really don't know about meditation, but I feel like you can have that energy and then open things in. And I think like with his clairvoyancy and his opening his third eye, even though he like stopped trying to do that, that's how he was able to see these ruffians, ghosts. I feel like Nana could tap into that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's the last thing you need on your plate, Nana. <laughs> I probably have so many demons waiting oh, on wait. in line behind me, and like, like yeah, adios. I'm, but I'm like, no, 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 not today. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Thank you, Steve, for sending us that story. We really appreciate it. Speaking of stories, please take the time to write your spooky tale and send it to us so we can read it on the show. All right. And if you booze can do a favor, as always, please rate and review. Uh, we're on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, so DM us with any cool stories, as Cindy said. Message us. Uh, leave a comment, you know. We love hearing from you guys. Appreciate you oh so much. Well, thank you everyone as always for tuning in and listening to us and supporting the show. Uh, we appreciate you and our booze and hope you guys listen in next time. Bye ya. Bye ya. Bye ya. Adios y, y bye, bye con Dios. Dios.